Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this special episode of The Professor Travel. I am your host, The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the website, the vlog, and the podcast that you come to in order to learn more about different travel destinations. Hopefully, this will spark discussion and have you talk a little bit more about those places. We hope this inspires you to travel more and enjoy life more. Now, you can reach me on a variety of different locations, including my website at theprofessortravel.com. I'm also available on both Facebook and on YouTube at The Professor Travel. I am now available on TikTok at The Professor Travel. Um, you can also find me through Instagram. It's a little bit different there. You want to find me at the underscore professor underscore travel. On Twitter, I'm available at TheProfessorTR1. And then if you're a blogger, you can find me on uh, Blogspot at TheProfessorTravel.blogspot.com. Today, I am extremely excited to have a very special guest today. Uh, Mark Walters is joining us from Walters World. Say hi, Mark. Hey there, Scott. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I am a huge fan of you and your channel. So thank you oh, so thanks, much man. for joining me. No, please. Thank you. Um, so but for the benefit of my students, can you just talk to us a little bit about your credentials, maybe a little bit about your educational background and some places that you've enjoyed traveling to? So, uh, yeah. So we run a travel channel on YouTube. We've got about almost 700,000 subscribers, 155 million views. Um, we travel as a family all around the world. We've been doing it for about 10 years or no, 11 years now on YouTube. <laughs> um, it's been a long time. Um, I don't know. We really focus on honest travel advice. So we will do what we can to help people be prepared for when they travel. So it's not a bad shock or a bad thing that happens to you. Cause if you're prepared when you travel, the bad stuff's not bad stuff. It's like, ah, I knew that was going to happen. So you can actually make like what would be a bad experience into a, <laughs> I know the culture kind of experience. So we really try to help help people out and just help them travel better, help people travel on their own. So they feel more confident travel on their own, whether they're, you know, retirees or if it's people want to take their kids for the first time or just, you know, middle-aged guys with beards, you know, like <laughs> ourselves. You know, you know, so we feel comfortable traveling. And so that's what we really try to do. And so we really try to reach out to all types of travelers any way we can to help them out. Wonderful. Thank you so very much on that. Um, also, just so people know, you are actually a professor like myself. Um, yes, yes. I'm a teaching associate professor at the University of Illinois. I teach marketing. Uh, there and that's why it was funny because for those of you that are watching or listening to the podcast you don't realize there's actually some slides up here and it's like visiting professor i'm like oh that's my old title i, I that's years ago so <laughs> we had a fun time chatting about yeah, the funds of being professors but yeah so i've been teaching at the u of i for nine years and i've been teaching since about 2002 yeah since 2002 Excellent. so uh it's been it's been a fun ride so I, it's fun because i love i will actually take students well not this year uh but every year i usually take a group of students to usually europe and we'll do classes abroad uh so it's a nice way to be, get students because not every student can do a semester abroad or something like that so i can take it for 10 days or a month just so they get some kind of international experience so it's a fun thing 
Excellent. So during the during this specific podcast and vlog, I want to focus on a few things. I want to talk to you a little bit more so that my students are aware of what Walter's World is, um, how many countries you've been to, uh, what types of content that you guys have on your site, because obviously it drives a lot of traffic. I'm a, As I said, I'm a huge fan. You've got a lot of really great travel tips on there. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about what it is that you do. Yours is one of the few sites I've seen where I see you know, because I'll see couple tra- couples travel and stuff like that, but I actually see you and your family travel. So yeah. talk to me a little bit about what the focus was on when you originally created Walter's World and what you wanted to do with that. So when actually, when I really first started doing this, there's a few things that happened. One, I was actually started making language videos and cultures videos on Lisbon, Portugal. So I was doing my PhD there and my wife now, and the, the you know, she, she was, you know, we were engaged and she was going to be moving to Portugal. So I started making videos to help her like get ready to go. So it's like, oh, I'll teach you some of the basic food vocabulary of Portugal, Portuguese, in Portuguese at the, at the, you know, place you're going to go shopping when you're here and stuff. And so I started doing that. I started making videos for like business videos for my students uh, in Portugal because not everyone was a native speaker. So then the students can go back and watch in the slower space, you know, that they can help them out. Uh, but what re- really got me going was uh, I went to, I was staying in Veneto in the Vene- near Venice for about a month, one year. And I got a guidebook. I didn't have a guidebook for Veneto, the Veneto region. I was like, you know, I'll pick one at the airport. We'll be fine. I pick up a guidebook. First, like first city listed in there. It wasn't Venice. It wasn't Padua or Verona. It was like this other town. And it wasn't alphabetical order either. So I'm like, oh, it must be important. It's the first one you're going to talk to. And I read the guidebook. Like, dude, this place sounds awesome. Like the Palazzo, the museum, the food. I'm like so pumped. And I show my my Italian friends there. And they're like, that town? Really? I've, I've never gone there. I'm like, that should be a sign. When none of your friends that live within an hour of a place have ever gone there, that's a sign, okay? And so I go there, and I'm, like, all excited to go because I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be cool to see a new place. So I go. The palace is closed. The museum is worthless. The food isn't really that good. The square is all, like, a, a parking lot. I'm like, What? And I was so disappointed, and I and I was just like, you know, I wasted a day of like my my trip, but you know, I was like, it's okay, and it really got me thinking because I was doing my PhD at the time, so it was between semesters, so I actually had some free time. Like you remember those days when you had free time before, you know? Yeah, welcome. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I thought about it because you know, I was like in my late twenties at the time. And I was thinking of my friends back in the U.S. that maybe had 10 days of vacation a year. I'm like, think about it. You got a 10-day vacation a year. Maybe the only time you get to go in your life or once every 10 years you might get a great trip like this. And you just wasted 10% of your vacation on some crappy town because a guidebook basically lied to you, overinflated it. And I'm like, that's not right. And so we started making these videos, five things you'll love and hate about going to places so you can be better prepared. Because, I mean, if you look at blogs and you look at vlogs and stuff like that, you, they're always, you know, I mean, I'm a very positive person, but I'm going to be honest with you. But some of them go over the top. Like there's some like, this is our favorite city in Mexico. I'm like, you said that five times in five different cities, you know? And, and I, I got really tired of like the sponsored posts and stuff. Yeah, Because, I mean, I can understand bloggers and bloggers say, look, they're getting, you know, they're getting a free trip to Memphis. So they get a free trip to to Georgia or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, of course they're going to say some nice things, but then they kind of eliminate the bad stuff. Not that they're not, not that they're, I don't know, not giving people the heads up, but they're just kind of selectively talking about things. And I'm like, that's not right. I, I just, I couldn't, I didn't feel ethically right. Not saying the good and the bad to yeah. get people prepared because I've seen a lot of people that some little thing will ruin their vacation. Like, Oh, I had to pay for the bread. I can't believe that. Like people will get pissed. 
because I had to pay the bread someplace. Like in Portugal, I would see so many upset tourists because you have to pay for the bread and the butter and the olives, all the stuff you think is free in the U.S. or other places. No, in Portugal, you have to pay for that. And it's on the menu, but it's like small print. You don't really realize I rem- it. I remember your video on this, by the way, because yeah. it surprised me because I had never known that if somebody puts something at your table, automatically I'm thinking, oh, well, that's just complimentary. And then yeah. – you're like, oh no, wait! If you eat it, <laughs> then you have to pay for it. So yeah, and so and so, like, I lived in Lisbon for five years, and so I mean, I we I would go out to eat, and I would just I'd be like, hey, dude, just FYI, and people get pissed because they're like, I have to like, it would be like a six euro meal, but their bill would be like twenty because they ate the bread, the cheese, the ham, the, all this stuff, and so I'm like, look, let's let's let people know. And so once we let people know, it really changed their perspective from like, oh, <laughs> making me pay for bread made demand to like, oh. Hey, if we're not going to eat that bread, just tell them mm-hmm. to take it back. You know? And then all of a sudden, it really changed people's perspective. And one thing I always want to do is be positive. So even if we talk about negatives and bad things or trouble spots, we're going to be positive about it. It's not like this is the worst thing ever. It's like, look, you might want to be you know, heads up for this. So we really kind of that really like really focused me at the beginning of what we really want to do. And, and and I'm just so passionate about traveling and, and going and like I love traveling. Like the, the, being stuck at home for six months now. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is crazy. Like, it is, what, oh my what? god! Like, well, well, I mean, like for me, like my mother was a travel consultant, and so that's yeah. what got me into traveling early, at an early, very, very early age. Why are you so passionate about travel? I don't know because my entire childhood, we only went from Illinois to Ohio for vacation. <laughs> like that's it. Um, maybe, maybe that's the reason why is because you're just trying be. to get out now about it, everything. It could be. No, I know like um, when I was little, before my grandpa passed away, he had retired from being a minister. And so he would be like a part-time minister. So like, oh, we need you in California for three weeks or we need you in New York for six months. So he'd do that. So he'd always send us postcards from all over the U.S. And I thought that was mm. kind of cool. And I'm really sad. My, we never saved them because my mom, we'd read them okay and they'd throw them away. Oh. Now I actually have, my, I have my parents and my aunt, my grandma's <laughs> passed away. My, like, hey, I send you postcards. If you don't want to keep them, just give them back to me. And I have a huge box like this big. Oh, that's awesome. For the last... 30 years, no, 20 years, 25 years of travel. Um, so I have those, but as part of me think maybe there's some of that in there, but I do remember the first time I started to study, I studied abroad. I was talking to this girl from South Africa and she was an exchange student at the U S and she's like, you know, you should try to study abroad. I think you'd like it. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, look, there's summer programs. Just try a summer one, see if you like it. Ended up doing a summer program, loved it, signed up, did a year in high, another year in high school. Then I went to college and did a summer one, a semester one. Then I did my master's abroad, my PhD abroad, worked abroad. And I was like, it just kind of like, it, it, was, it was like a drug. I'm like, I got to go. I, it's, it's the most expensive habit you can have is travel. It's crazy. No, but, it but got it's, me really passionate about it. But it's one of those things that I think once you get the travel bug – you or you you really you really find a way to you know satiate that as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. So let's. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Like, and that, that's the thing. Is like once you figure out the thing that you're really passionate about. Like for me, making the travel videos and stuff like that's not work. That's like I want to help people. I want to go out there and do these things. I want to share my experiences. So like other people don't make the mistakes, or, or other people can enjoy because because the thing is is. There are some places that a lot of people really love, but there's other places like, oh, I never thought about that. Like people are like, mm-hmm. I never thought I'd go to Nicaragua. You know what? Granada, Nicaragua is awesome. Check it out. Oh, I never considered that, you know? And, and then if we can open up some people's minds to some new destinations and new places, and just maybe new cultures, even if they can't travel there to learn more, I think it's kind of a cool thing. Well, and that's one of the things I think is wonderful about your channel specifically is that I've, had, I've, gotten, I've gotten a lot of 
prep work done ahead of time by being able to just watch that. And I think that's one thing that a lot of my students can benefit from is seeing, you know, specifically your do's and don'ts videos um, and the top five things. I, I love those videos. I've always loved those videos. It's really given me kind of a, like a, like a backdoor view of what to do or what to expect when you're going into a country. And so I think that's golden. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. And, and that's what I want to do is because my whole thing is I, I'm not, I'm not a travel agent. I'm not a, a travel consultant like your mom. I'm just, I'm putting the information out there so you can make your own choices. So the, we, we did like our stuff's really much a background. You're going to go travel. You watch our videos before you go. So you're ready. It's not like you live travel through us necessarily. It's more like, Hey, you want to go to this place? You should find out. I mean, that's what's funny is I've seen like uh, with, with COVID, I can really see like when people, it was, you know, February 14th is when people stopped, started to stop really thinking about travel. We saw the numbers just crater yeah. because they're like, wait, I'm not going to travel. So I'm not going to prepare for travel. And so it's been down, down since. And like through the, like May, that remember when we were all getting excited towards Memorial Day, like, hey, things are starting to get a little better. Maybe we can travel. I actually could see it like, oh, people are starting to prepare for travel again. And then once the the, the pop happened again in June, mm-hmm. boom, it went back down. I'm like, it, people are not preparing for traveling anymore. And it, it's kind of interesting to see. Let me ask you a question on that same note. Do you think that people, just based on what you're viewing from your viewership, are people gravitating more towards domestic travel? Because, I mean, people do want to get out of the house. Yeah, our our I would say our top like 30 videos, usually our top 30 videos, maybe 20 of them are European videos. Now of our top 30 videos, the top 20 of them are US videos. Yeah. So it's like it's it switched. Like it's become very much a domestic kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about Walter's world. When did you decide to create this? Why did you decide to create this? I mean, obviously it sounds like you wanted to help people, but I wanted to understand, like you've been doing this for a long time. I've been watching your videos for many years now, actually, and I really enjoy them. What was the, what was the catalyst for wanting to do this in the first place? well, really, it was like what I was talking about, that that guidebook in in Italy just really upset me. And I'm like, and then I started seeing more blogs, you know, people that was obviously just, it's, it's like the old days of guidebooks where they would copy off each other. You know, you can tell people yeah. making mistakes. Like there, I, I was like, I had a go-to thing. I would look up in guidebooks for certain stuff. Like in Brazil, if you go from Ouro Preto to uh, Mariana, it's like this little, there's a train that goes between the two. Really cute train, really nice experience, you know. And it, the train's like hour, hour and a half to get, up, to get there, somewhere around there. And I'd always look right away and say, what do they say about that? Like, oh, it's an easy half-hour train ride. I'm like, BS. You did not take that. Because you get on the train, it says, welcome to this hour and 20 minutes. Like, it literally says that that's how long it is. Oh, my gosh. And I, I can see it was probably like somebody saw us an hour and a half an hour and 30 minutes they misread it and it was 30 minutes we all do that we all misread things sometimes and and, I, and that's what i'm like oh come on like it's all freshly reviewed and redone i don't know mm. and so and so that that's what got that's what got me i'm like look i want to do what i can to help out because because i know there's people out there that they're, they're they're getting this material like they're taking it as it's, it's the bible like this is how things are i'm like look I'm going to give you the information that I have from my experiences. I'm not going to say it's exactly that way, but I want to help you have a better understanding. So when you go, you can be safe when you're traveling. You can get more out of your travels. So that's what really drove me to do these things. And over the years, that's where it's kind of kind of driven our our, our types of videos we made. So we started with the, you know, the big ones. When we first started getting like stuff was the five love and hates videos. Like mm-hmm. five things you love and hate about going to places. And then people will get upset. Oh, hate such a bad word. I'm like, 
yeah, but nobody watches five things you love and five things that will mildly annoy you. You know, it's like, you know, so it's, and we were, and we were always very positive about it. We get a lot of comments from people like, you know, I was coming to this to be mad. And then you're very, you're very honest and you're very, you know, objective about this. And we really appreciate it. I'm like, Hey, no problem. Um, but it started with that. And then, and from there it kind of evolved because then it was like, okay, those are more serious kind of things. And then it's like the, the, the 10 shocks videos were like fun culture shock stuff. So, you know, it's kind of like, and then over time it's like, look, we need to be more serious. That's where the don'ts came in. And now we have a new series on travel mistakes. Like, well, I have a bunch of them filmed, but I mean, nobody's traveling right now. So I don't want people to miss out. So when people start traveling, we start having them coming out again. I definitely and, want to see those. <laughs> and, and, and the mistake one, because if you look at it, like I tell people, look, if you're going to go watch the don'ts videos, okay, yeah. do the don'ts videos. That's, if you're only going to watch one, do that because it's the do's and don'ts. And so you're going to be, it's about safety. It's about sites. It's about, you know, culture stuff. So you're going to be okay. If you want to learn, if you want to have some fun, like have some fun, jokey stuff, go to the, go to the shocks. If you, if you're ready to go, you've been to a place before, you just want to like know the little bit of things like, Oh, that's like a little more. That's where the mistakes are the, yeah. for the mistakes of traveling, kind of doing it that way. And um, so that's why some people are like, wait, aren't they all going to be the same? No, you'll be surprised because some of the mistakes you make are not necessarily a don't. Like, so it's a good mistake to make. You know, it's like, you know what? Make the mistake when you speak French because you're trying and the people will freaking love you for that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Let's shift gears a little bit. I'm curious oh, yeah. about your specific and your, and your family's travels. So yeah. how many continents have you been to? So, well, it depends where you're from because some people count continents differently um so we've we'll just this we've been to i've been to all the continents except for antarctica and we're going to do that when my youngest one is old enough to go okay so we're going to do that um yeah and how many countries have you been to do you think i know that's a huge ask (laughs) well the thing is is i know i know i'm like at 70 somewhere around there but i actually for me i was like look i'm old i don't care i'm like oh god whatever we we go back like for me i'm like look i don't want to just count the things i want to go back like we go back to the same place in italy a lot of times to see friends yeah um but where where i I like to count more is the kids i'm like look so my oldest he's 13 he's Mm -hmm. been to 50 countries and my youngest he's nine and he's been to 45 and so like (laughs) For for me, it's more like I'm like I think that's cool for them. Like, and and, and so we we kind of focus. I, I focus more on those for their things. But I know some people like it, it's totally cool to kind of that's what you want to do. Do it, do it, get them, get them. Um, but now it's funny because now the last few years I've really focused our travels on like where can I go see friends. Like our 2017 trip, it was we 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 flew into Sweden because uh, we saw our buddy Sebastian. Then we went to Finland because I used to live there. So we saw my old host family there. We went to Russia because we hadn't been, but I had friends mm-hmm. in St. Petersburg. Then oh, we're in Holland where I, because I used to work in Tallinn, Estonia, Estonia, Lithuania. I lived in Lithuania for three and a half years. So we visited friends throughout those places. <laughs> you know, and then we flew to Scotland because we have, that's where our family's from. Like my family's from, so we want to go there. Saw that. Then we went to Spain to see my, my best friend that we did my master's with in Germany. And then from then from Spain, we went to Greece where Justin's family's from. And so we, we really like now it's like folks like who we're going to see. So like this summer, we had this summer, we kind of mixed it up because we had friends we were going to visit. We had a wedding to go to, but then we were going to throw some new places in. Like we were going to get to Israel and Ethiopia. Those got canceled because of that COVID Thing, whatever I've heard yeah, about, you know, yeah. that pandemic. Maybe you heard it. It's on the news occasionally. I think yeah, it's on it's page so three of the newspaper. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so there's that. So it was funny because our original plan for this year was try to get to 20 countries. Now, not 20, maybe not 20 new countries, but 20 countries to explore around. And we've got to two, I guess. If you count the U.S., we've got to two. Well, we Salvador. And yeah. so, I have a, I have a question for you because yeah. when I was one of the first places I went 
like one of the first travel destinations I went to when I was younger. Um, I was 11 years old. I went to Alaska on a cruise. Um, yeah, so I made a stop in Canada. Way nicer than mine. I'll stop, whatever. (laughs) Um, so we did that. And I will say this at the age of 11, I didn't really, I don't think I appreciated it as much, but now that I look back at the older pictures, I'm 47 years old. I'm looking back at the pictures for seven young, sorry, 47 years young. And I'm looking back at the pictures and I'm like remembering my father and my mom is like, Oh my gosh, I remember that picture. I I love that. And so I'm wondering, have you actually had the sit down with your, with your kids, especially your 13 year old to say, Hey, you've gone to so many different countries. Is this something that's really enjoyable for you? Are there places you'd like to go differently? Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts? Like, has he, has he had a conversation with you about like what his likes are and what he doesn't like about traveling? Yeah, so every year we let the boys choose a destination. Okay. Um, and so we've been doing that since I think 2014. Okay. Um, letting the, or no, 15, it was 15 when we started. Cause we have, we let our fans choose one trip, well, at least one trip a year. And then the boys get to choose a trip we do. Hmm. And so like, Liam has chose Mexico. Caleb chose Costa Rica, Iceland, um, Japan. Israel was was a choice from Liam. Um, I also wanted to go. That's one of the places I wanted to go. I haven't been to yet. So I was like, I'm like sure, you want to go? I'm, I'm cool with that. You know? Are you and sure so, you want to do that? Oh, no <laughs> yeah, problem. So, twist my arm. You know, I, I was an exchange student in Australia in high school. And my oldest, who doesn't like flying very much, he's like, yeah, I want to go to Australia. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> so, it's like we could do it's a that. long flight. <laughs> it was a long, long flight. I that was I that was my first my first international flight was from LAX to Sydney. Yeah, middle seat. So, uh, and you're not a tiny guy, you know, with respect. No, to I mean, I, I was in high school then, so I wasn't. Oh, um, okay. So husky, then, so it wasn't too bad. Okay. So, but yeah, no one would want to sit by me on a 15 hour flight. Now. <laughs> That's almost like I'd take the aisle, lay my fat rolls over on the sides of the aisle. Like, there you go. So, so let me ask you this: views of countries with political and civil unrest. As I may mention yeah. to you before we started recording, I was in Barcelona. Actually, on that funny, not funny, but. On the same trip, we had gone to London and then jumped over to Amsterdam, down to um, Roman Vatican City, and then over to Barcelona. It's making me when, cry. I want to go on that. I saw that. <laughs> but while we were over in London, there was a what was perceived as a terrorist bombing in the tube. And so we thought, oh my gosh, they're going to lock down the entire place. And you know, we took a taxi and, you know, the guy's like, oh, you know, stuff like this happens from time to time. It's not that big of a deal. And it turns out it wasn't a terrorist attack as well. It wasn't, and it wasn't, and it, it was a, it was domestic terrorist. It was, it was right. the kid who blew a pipe bomb in, in the area. But I mean, stuff like this will happen. And so this talks about risk management and risk and rewards and things like that. What are your views on going to different countries that have, you know, those political and civil unrest situations? Well, I always say is do your own research because it's kind of like we go to Brazil quite often and you, you only hear horrible news about Brazil. Like yeah. you're going to, you're going to get shot when you walk off the plane. You're, remember Zika was going to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. That was going to get you. I mean, it's like stolen at gunpoint. And, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. It, it, it does happen to some people. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but I, I lived in Brazil for over half a year. I've taken my family to Brazil multiple times. I've had one umbrella stolen, and I think it's because I was drunk and I just left it behind. Okay. That, that's it, okay? <laughs> yeah. So um, 
so I mean, but there are issues. But the thing is, I'll look and say, it's like, look, Reno's got issues. So we go to Mina Ice. We'll go to Sao Paulo. We'll go down to Santa Catarina. We'll go to different places. And we do our research. For example, we, were, we went to Nicaragua. Love Nicaragua. Told that Jocelyn wants to retire there, my wife. Um, and we had a great time going to these letters, little islands in Lake Nicaragua. Granada, Nicaragua is fantastic. But we knew you don't go to Managua. You stay out of Managua. It's like going to Belize. You don't go to Belize City. You go to, the, you go to Quicoca or San Pedro. Or you go inland, you know, and you go by the, see the Mayan ruins, but you don't stay in Belize city you know it's just you know it's like anywhere there's places you don't go you do your research beforehand um but there are certain things where i really will put like my foot down like if it's a war zone we're not going there right and i won't fly over war zones either i will look and see where the flights are going because i'm like look you never know and i'm not willing to take those chances um but also this is one of the things when I take students abroad, we have, we discussions, you know, like we were in Italy, we were in Milan. This is like five years ago when I took them uh, for that trip. And there was a big, huge protest in, in Milan outside the cathedral. And, you know, we, all of our students, we have, you know, like WhatsApp and all this kind of like the group text kind of stuff. And I'm like, and we were there and all of a sudden it just like appeared. I'm like, Hey, students avoid the cathedral right now because if there's a protest you never know what the protest is for you could believe in the protest it could be great but you don't know when you're it's not your country and you don't know what's going on so sometimes like i always say look try to avoid those those kind of things i mean if you want to do a protest you want to, that's you but if you're not sure what's going on i always say hey, look it's best to kind of avoid that so we'll we'll, we'll do that because there have been sometimes i remember I, I was this is a long time ago um this is probably like late 90s i was in lima and i'm like walking down the street in lima and all of a sudden there's like oh it's like oh wave of people come running around the corner and they're just like running and everyone's grabbing their stuff and running off the streets like, like it, it, it's like in the movies where like the, the alien beam comes down explodes and everybody's running away and yeah. I'm like what the heck's going on and then like these personnel carriers come around the corner and I'm like oh I'm getting out of here yeah. I take off go back to my hotel I asked to do the hotel it's like yeah they do that sometimes just kind of clear out the streets I'm like oh okay <laughs> I, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so Get another that, thing was, you that, was a, that was a, and that was a different time in Peru. That was the shining path was there. There was a, there was a different time yeah. uh, than it is now. Okay, so. cool. Um, let's talk about some countries that are on your bucket list and some places that you would yeah. really like to go, not places that you've been before necessarily. Cause I mean, you've got, you have a variety of different videos to cover a, yeah. a wonderful array of different places that you've been, but what are oh, some things? Yeah. But what are some places so that nice. you, well, you know what? You are too. <laughs> I mean, we're going to be like little polite chipmunks. Oh no, after you. Um, (laughs) um, So what are some, what are like the top three places you would say right now are absolute, you really, really want to go. If money was of no object, you'd be there tomorrow. If, 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 yeah. Well, because there's different, because I can look at it from like my, I know what my wife would say. I know what I would say. Uh, For me, Israel, Mm -hmm. um, Egypt, and probably Probably I would either go Ethiopia or I'd want to go to New Zealand. Like okay. Those would be those would be mine. My wife, number one for her, it, well, her top three, well, her top two, it's Bhutan and Ethiopia, <laughs> uh, and then Israel. So like those are the three ones for her. Shout out, by the way, I just did a video on Bhutan, and it's now. Oh, up. nice. Yeah. Oh, my, cool. My ne- my nephew went there, and so he had a really interesting experience. And um, there's a story about wild dogs there as well that he. Uh, yeah, he got chased. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that and that and like Bhutan, then like Antarctica. Like my my oldest, he wants to go to Australia. My youngest wants to go to Antarctica. <laughs> um, so these are all things that we're going to do eventually. But you know, because I like to take the kids with us everywhere we go when we can, uh, just because now when I travel by myself, I'm like, man, I wish they were here. 
you know, and I know sometimes, you know, my kids are getting older. Like you'll notice there's a lot of family travel bloggers and vloggers, but their kids are really little. Yeah. You know, once your kid, like, you know, if you have one, you know, like, you'll see them, they'll, they'll have two or three kids. They're really, it's really cute, easy to take them around. But then the first kid kind of like goes through by the second kid. They're like, look, I want to be on a soccer team. I want to go to school. I want to do this. And, and you know, you know, I want to give them a, a normal life, you know, too. So, so now like my oldest, he's going into eighth grade. So like grades really matter. Class really matters. Like I can teach, well, luckily I can teach him all the stuff. I mean, I can do the algebra and calculus and stuff, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but I know not every parent can do that. And so like, so we tried to like, okay, we got to plan these things out. Like if I'm going to go to India, I don't want to just spend like a 10 day spring break. I want to go for like a couple months. And so finding the time to get the kids school and planning those things out, it becomes much more complicated now mm. uh, than it was before. So now we're kind of looking at it. Like I'll look farther out. Like, you know, for some reason I feel like 15 is when you can do Antarctica. I mean, sure there's some different stuff, but like, I know like seeing the gorillas in Rwanda, we were in Rwanda, love Rwanda, get a chance to go, go. It is awesome. Love Rwanda. Uh, but you have to be 15 to do the gorilla, you know, gorillas in the mist hikes. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta be 15. So the kids, kids couldn't go. I'm like, all right. So put that, yeah, cause it's like, note, Hey, when Liam's 15, then we'll go back. So they all can experience the gorillas together. Um, but like, that's when it's like Antarctica is like a few years down the road, you know? And so we are kind of planning these things out a little bit overall though people don't believe it's like no you're not i'm like excuse me it may seem like we're traveling 24 7 but we're not traveling we're traveling a lot but not now but you know in a normal year you know we are so i, I want to ask you a bonus question here really quick Ooh, given button. yes <laughs> given given that your kids are so young is there any country or any type of travel that you've that you've gone on that you've said, you know what, I think we really need to leave the kids at home. Or I, I, I think not necessarily because of danger, but maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's a more adult trip. Maybe it's just yeah. something that's well, a little bit more risky or, or challenging. The only, the only, time, the only thing I, I would think like Vegas with kids, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Like some people are like, well, Vegas does have a lot of stuff for kids, but mm-hmm. the overall experience going down the strip, I, I don't think it's really right for, for little kids. Not right, but like, I don't think it's best for little kids. There is, I mean, there's plenty for them to do, but just how it's set up, and if you're going out at night and stuff, it just—I'm not a huge fan of Vegas for kids. Yeah. Um, uh, other things with kids, like some places, you like Switzerland is gorgeous, but I wouldn't take my kids because we actually had probably the most anti-kid experience traveling in Switzerland. You know, it's like you're like you know, no high chairs. Um, I remember my my oldest, he was a huge Picasso fan. Or at least he was when he was little. And so he wanted to go to the, the Rose, it's like the Rose Garden Museum or whatever in, in Lucerne. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's just because the, that the owner was a collector that helped Picasso, was a friend. So there's a big collection. And they're like, uh, you want to take that kid in there? And the lady like, like, yeah, he wants to see Picasso. He's learned about it in school. And then, and he, I mean, my older, he's, he, he was born like 35. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like some kids are just more mature. And so he's walking around looking at everything and the lady's like falling, like not like in the same room, but it's like right there on him. She's, she's, a, one, she's wanting to make sure that he doesn't touch anything or do anything. Yeah. Do be, anything. But I'm like, everything's yeah. behind the glass. I mean, it was, it was such a horrible experience. And then I've had friends that live there and they're like, yeah, it's horrible having kids there because you know, it's not like it's basically set up that kids should stay home. And so that's why I tell people, but I'm thinking, look, if you don't have kids, I mean, some people don't like kids, which is fine, but 
if you're going to, I mean, I'd say Switzerland, like go without your kids because it's gorgeous. It's super expensive. So why not knock off half the price when you have to buy their food uh, and do that? So those, those are the only two kind of things. Really. Yeah, I actually did an interview with someone who went to Switzerland and then right after that to Monte Carlo. And I would have thought Monte Carlo would have been more expensive, but she was like, no, actually, no. Switzerland is much more expensive. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that was an interesting learn. Yeah, Switzerland and Norway are just, I mean, it's funny, like, there's a joke. Uh, you go skiing in Sweden. The only people that are drinking at the top of the ski slide, slope are the Norwegians because for them, it's still cheaper than in Norway. And I remember coming back from Oslo with my mom, my dad, and we were in, we were in Gothenburg. And, and I remember like, the beers are eight dollars. What a great deal! I mean, I know if you're like in like you know big city, like oh, eight bucks, that's that's a normal price. But when like the normal beers are like Germany's like four. Yeah. You know, and, and like you're, and then like you're like, whoa! It's like double the usual price, and that seems cheap compared to Norway. Like Norway, I'm like, I mean, honestly, we went out, we did not drink beer uh, at, at night because I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's just not cost effective. It's not cost effective. I mean, it's just I was like, I don't know. I want to talk to you absolutely, and I want to talk to you more about that too. Uh, let's go into a couple of other things here, especially culture, because that's a huge product of both my channel and yours as well. Um, in terms of different religious locations that you've gone to, is there any that have really stuck out to you as being maybe your favorite? And I know it's favorite is really a subjective term, but yeah, I, I think seeing some of the shrines in 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 Japan, especially in Kyoto, was mm-hmm. just really really cool. Um, I think the the Mesquita in Cordoba in Spain is one of the coolest sites you can see. Uh, it's, it was a mosque, and they built a Catholic church inside the mosque, and and that, that's pretty incredible. I've never been to Hagia Sophia, so I can't I Sophia, so I can't say anything about that. Um, I know we were talking about the Church of Spilled Blood in yeah. St. Petersburg. Love that. Uh, the, that that is pretty cool. Um, what else? Oh, they're, 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 it's funny because sometimes you find like little chapels that are pretty interesting, like some of the bone chapels you'll see in the Czech Republic or in Portugal, which are just like, whoa, that's different. You know, you're yeah. like, that, they can be quite the experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are those are some of the things I saw that were really cool. I thought actually was neat. I was in Tunisia years ago and Tunisia, they were very like, hey, if you want to come to the mosque, take your shoes off. We'll, we'll give you a tour. So I got to go into all these mosques and check it out. And I, you know, that's where I learned a lot about, you know, Islam and stuff. It was kind of a, it was a really cool. It was like, I learned, it was like a cool tourist experience, but it was a cool educational experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they're like, yeah, I mean, you, I mean you're, you're from, you might not know. So we, you know, gave us the, the whole tour and stuff. And that was a really, really cool experience. I think from my perspective, um, and the reason I asked this question is because, you know, we get a lot of facets of different religion and when people think towards religious places, they're automatically thinking to the Vatican and places that are just, opulent and, and very yeah. large. And we've been to the Vatican and I like the Vatican, don't get me wrong, but it's some of these places that are off the beaten path that you really get that really interesting experience. Um, yeah. we, like when we were in Thailand, um, we got to see one of the oldest Buddhas in the world. And I thought that was yeah, really spectacular. Cool. Um, when we were in Tallinn, uh, we went to old Tallinn, old, old, ta- old town Tallinn up in the, up in the yeah. hillside area. And, you know, they had a, uh, Maybe it was just the environment, but when we went into this, um, you know, the, church, the Russian, Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox Church up there. Yeah, yeah and exactly you got—they were playing a pipe organ, and you got to see the coats of arms inside of the of the church, and it was just oh, that one. It, it, yeah, it was just a really wonderful experience, and it was like, wow, this is really breathtaking, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I I want to encourage you, the students that are listening and and watching out there. Take a moment to consider going to other places. Um, the Duomo in uh, 
Florence, you know, and, mm-hmm. and seeing stuff there. Um, and, and I think one thing that's interesting is for the students that are out there, if you do travel, you'll be surprised how many uh, religious buildings, because, you know, relig- not a lot of people are going to church or, or practicing yeah. a lot now. And so a lot of them have been converted. So you might go into, a, like in Scotland, you might go to a church, it's now a pub, you know, and, or you can go, or like if you're in Prague, you can go and there'll be like, musical concerts in the church which you know the organ concerts are just unbelievable i know for me i used to live in finland and and the, the cathedral there i mean it, it it's it looks nice i mean but when you go in it's just like the acoustics and just being in there that experience of it and i've been there like for multiple concerts just like wow that's like cool even if you don't like that kind of music you can yeah. appreciate the i mean it sounds funny to say you can appreciate the acoustics but you really can't it's like Wow, that's really amazing. But that's part—that's part of the culture, though. I mean, it's part of—it's part of the experience. When we were in Helsinki, I remember the Church of the Rock, and that was mm-hmm. right there. And so, it's—it's it's very stark. It's very different than other religious places that I've been to. But it's really—you know—you're thinking this was just all carved out of a single piece of granite. It's spectacular, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's where you get some of those monasteries up on the hills and stuff. It's just like oh, it's so cool. Absolutely. So what have been some of the favorite art places that you've been to within the world? So I like the Prado in Madrid a lot. I think I think that's one that I mean, people talk about, oh, the Met in New York, which is awesome. And and the Louvre. But I, I mean, the Prado is right up there. The Art Institute of Chicago mm-hmm. actually has an incredible collection um, for kind of a wide range of stuff. Like obviously you got the British Museum. That's actually my favorite museum in London. Um, some other good ones. Uh, what's oh, there's one in Tokyo we went to. I can't think of the name right now. Ah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna dry. I'll remember once we finish. There's okay. one in Tokyo that has an incredible collection of imperial art and a collection of like like history historical stuff. It's wonderful. But I think one of the places I like to go a lot is because my kid, well, a younger one, he was he's all you know, he, he went through the dinosaur phase and the you know engine phase and stuff like that. And so we'd always go to the national the national history museums. Mm-hmm. And those though for me, those are ones you I can always go to and just kind of like, hey, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, let I like that. I like yeah. that. So those those ones are always nice to go to for me. And don't get me wrong. I mean, here in America, we have the Smithsonian, and there's and out here on the West Coast, um, you know, we have the Getty, and so yeah. we have we have a, we have a lot of really wonderful locations. Seeing them abroad, however, and what was really eye opening to me is when you're going to some of these places that are so amazingly old that the marble steps are actually warping because mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been so many people who have walked on them over the years. It's really quite an interesting experience yeah and then sometimes when you go and it's actually the building that it's in is actually more of a like sight to see than the actual building or like the the collection yeah like if you're if you're in vienna they have these two museums back back to back or across from each other the mirrored and the natural history museum there i mean it's cool natural history museum but actually the building that's in <laughs> is way better you're like dude that's really cool like, that's really cool like that's cool oh yeah that site's nice like that that exhibit's nice but that's really cool <laughs> So. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the languages. Um, now, you have been, you yourself actually speak a couple of different languages, but yeah. where have been the places that you have found just enriching as far as maybe the best languages that you've heard or just in terms of conversations? So I think. <laughs> Because any place you can travel, you, you can get by not speaking the language. I mean, I, a lot of people will say, like, I don't know, I don't speak the language. I'm like, dude, not everyone speaks every language in the world. You'll be okay. You'll be pointing. <laughs> like, it goes a long pictures. way. You'll be There's fine. lots of pictures you'll, everywhere, yeah, too. Picture. You, you'll be fine. Um, but for me, I, I think where I got the, the biggest boost is when I started learning Italian. 
Yeah. Uh, Cause the Italians will communicate with you anyway. But once you speak a little Italian, then it's like, Oh, you must meet my grandma. You must meet my cousin. Come to dinner with us. <laughs> Remember our, um, our youngest, he was born in Portugal and we flew over to Italy and he was like six weeks old. And so like we're walking around and everywhere we went, the grandmas would come out from the kitchen. They're like, nah, you two are eating. I'm going to hold the baby. And so they would take Liam when he was a baby. And then they'd take, they'd take Caleb who was four at the time. And they like, He's going to learn how to make pasta and he's going to watch him. And like in Luca, Rome, Vicenza, uh, Venice, every, like it happened over and over and over <laughs> again. So it was really, and it was because I, I could speak some Italian. And so they, they felt more comfortable because, you know, even in Italy, they probably won't take your baby if they can't talk to you. But if you can talk to you, it's like, hey, can I? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You know, why not? <laughs> Just out of curiosity, does he have dual citizenship? Your youngest? Uh, he, yeah, he can get it if he wants. Oh, that's nice. That's very, very cool. Okay, now I want to move into one of my favorite things, and that's talking about diet and food. I love to talk. I, I'm a foodie. I mean, like when I travel the world, that's one of the biggest things that oh, I yeah. think brings me together with the culture and the people that are there. Well, There's the, thing so is, many- the, the, the food really helps you understand the culture better. Like you, you, we have Italian food in the U.S., but when you eat oh my gosh. in Italy with Italians, you're like, I get it now. I get why they're so bored. So I get the talking. I understand that. Like the efficiency stuff. Like, oh, now I know. Like people complain when they come to the U.S. Like, why is it like they give you the food and they're like, okay, get out. I'm like, oh, it's part of the culture because the service, more people come through, more money they make in the tips. Oh, I understand. So you can learn a lot about the culture just by going out to eat, which is so awesome. But, uh, but yeah, no, the food – yeah, food's a must for us. And there's some place we'll go just to go have the food. Mm-hmm. Like anytime, we're like, oh, we, we can stop by France. That's totally fine. We can stop by there. <laughs> we should throw in a few days. Let's just go across the border. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like for me, it's, I, I don't have a problem describing some things, but food in some cases can be challenging unless you're experiencing it. Point in case, yeah. pizza. People, when they think pizza in the United States, they're thinking Domino's or, you know, whatever, you know, type of. Mm-hmm. what they call pizza here. And then the next level to that would be, okay, well, people in New York or people in Chicago have a very specific kind of pizza that they like. And it's a really, it's really good. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Those are, those are fantastic pizzas. And then there's Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a totally, di- I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, they're all pizza, but it's just, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like it once is. you're there and you'll have like, Oh, we have Roma style pizza. Like we have a place here in Champagne. And I mean, it's close. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. It's not, it's not there, but it's like, Hey, you know, like that's why I never go to Rome. I'm like, nah, I gotta, have, <laughs> I gotta have, a, I gotta have a pizza, pizza diavola, the, the little devil pizza mm-hmm. yeah. with the spicy pepperoni. Oh yeah. Always get the mozzarella di bufala, the Buffalo mozzarella. Oh yeah. You get that on there. Uh, I would have been there this year. I, we just went to, we were just in Venice in August of last year and uh, prior to it being flooded, by the way. Yeah. And well, I've um, been there where it's been flooded, so I, I know exactly what it's like. Oh so. man, I don't know if I'd be prepped for that. <laughs> um, but we, I, 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 again, I, I know it was a little bit more of a touristy area, but they treated us fantastic. We, we just had a dinner right on the one, one, of the, one of the main canals, and I had a caprese salad, which included the buffalo mozzarella like you're talking about, and it was just dude, next level. Yeah, seriously. Level. When you have it, that's As made the same day. Say, next level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As the kids are yeah. telling me these days. That's right. It's not lit anymore. Let's not cool. Yeah, let's let's so player. last year exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about also sports and recreation. Now, when you're traveling abroad, I know I've heard stories of you. Um, you know, when you've interacted with cultures and and they put on sports for you or different types of things while you're drinking a beer. What have there been any unique sports that you've seen uh, that have been 
like really kind of taking your eye and saying, hmm, that's really interesting. I never thought about that or I never really engaged in that. Well, well, the first time I had an experience abroad with sport and I had no idea what it was, was playing ring ball in Australia, which is kind of like basketball. It's, it's a woman's game. At least it was when I was there. They say it's a women's game, but it's like basketball, but it just has the hoop. It doesn't have the backboard and you don't dribble. You just pass it around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, well, something different. I've never played that before, you know, and, and then it, what I saw the difference in the culture is the passion about different stuff. Cause like you have the pat, like, you know, we talked about people have passion about sports in the U S but imagine everybody in the U S only liked one sport. You see that passion with, with football or your soccer. Oh, soccer you know, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, in Nicaragua, it was like baseball. It's like, it's all about the baseball, man. Like, Oh, they're like, we were driving through and the guy the drives like, Hey, that's one of our baseball stadiums. There's another baseball stadium. Like, oh, okay. Like that's, you know, <laughs> it's interesting to see like different things that are you really get popular, but um, I've been to, I don't know, probably 20, Serie B and Serie C, like minor league uh, soccer games in Italy, uh, wow. the Vicenza team, mm-hmm. like to the point that I have a jersey, one of the game day jerseys, <laughs> one of the players. Nice. Uh, so it's so like they're, they're like, oh, grande Mark. Hey, so, so I go into town and I'll be like, hey, I remember you used to went to a bunch of games 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did. Wow. So like we, I would, I would go on, you know, to with, with some of the fan groups to games all throughout Italy. We went to one, I mean, it was like an 11 hour bus ride and it was foggy, dangerous. We get down there and, and the, the city cops like stopped the bus. Like, nah, we're not gonna let you go. You, you troublemakers. You, so we had to sit outside the stadium for the entire game. Then, then the people came out, they left and then we got to leave again and drive back up. So uh, uh, it was the experience. It's like, okay, but I, there was one, cause I've gone to some that were like the, 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 they, the kind of sometimes can be dangerous ones, you know, like where they pee in the glass and throw it at you and stuff. And, yeah. And there was one, like they, the cops were checking us as we were getting off the bus and this guy looks at me, he pats me down. Another guy stops me, <laughs> pats me down again. He goes, Oh, you're just fat. Like, thanks man. Oh, <laughs> wow. No filter. <laughs> Thanks. I just busted up laughing. I was like, so it was pretty funny. Um, now, have you seen any like um, like large scale tr- cricket tournaments or anything like that? As you so cricket, no. I, I way back in the day, I dated a girl from England, and they were big cricket fans. We never went to yeah. a match, but we would watch all the cricket matches on TV. So you'd have like the experience, like, oh, we're going to sit down and watch cricket today. And so we'd watch it on BBC and stuff, or I, I think it was ITV. Yeah. Um, so there would be that. Um, like big, big events. I've been to some like European qualifiers for soccer for Portugal. Mm. Um, you know, and then like, so I've been to a bunch of Germany, like Bundesliga soccer games. Um, let's see where else I go? Uh, Sweden. I've seen it. I took my students. So if, if there's ever a game on when I take my students abroad, I always try to take them to a game. So we've gone to game, like a game in Denmark to see, see like, how it's different they're like yeah. they don't sell any more like they hardly sell any food and very little drinks i'm like yeah they don't know about the multiple multiple revenue streams like you should be making <laughs> a lot more money people but you know hey that's nice you know? yeah and uh, speaking of speaking of traveling at specific times i want to talk to you also about traveling during the holidays or yeah. maybe not not necessarily the american holidays but oh, holidays holiday. abroad yeah exactly yeah. talk to me about some times that you've traveled where it has been on a holiday and what you've what your experience has been like during that so because with work school, so I, I mean, there's the I mean, we've done the Christmas markets in in Europe. I don't know, twenty times. I mean, <laughs> not even joking, like a lot. Um, but excuse me, and they're wonderful. I always recommend people to go do them if you can. It's fantastic. Um, 
but some of the ones I've done a lot is carnival. Like I've done carnival in Brazil, carnival in Italy. Then Fasching is what it's called in Germany. I've gone that in like Cologne. I've done, you know, carnival in, in, in Venice where that's really big. So I've done that. Uh, First time I was in France, we were in, we went to the Bastille Day. We were there for the fireworks at, under the Eiffel Tower with my brother. Um, yes. What else? There's been some other days I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know it was a holiday. Then we're walking around. I'm like, where is everybody? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's the hidden holidays. Like actually one of my favorite holidays is uh, Santos in Lisbon. Mm. And they have, it's a big, huge city festival that goes on in June. Um, and it's just like the whole city is done up and everyone's out drinking and partying, eating sardines and stuff. And nice. it's pretty cool. One of the, one of the memories I have was one of the first universities I worked for, this was like almost 20 years ago, um, had recommended that I go on to a cruise, uh, in order to visit one of their locations. Um, and this was in Hawaii. And so I'm traveling from location to location. Yeah, exactly. I'm traveling <laughs> from, I'm traveling from, uh, location to location. Well, you gotta do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, and so, one of the things I did was I had stopped in Maui and jumped over, stopped in Maui. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see our location here. And nobody's around. Well, it turns out it's King Kamehameha's birthday. And so the entire place is shut down for like the entire day. I'm like, great. Just the day I needed to stop by. So yeah, we've had a few of those where it's like, oh, we're only closed. It's, it's like, it it was like a random, like there's only random days. The Vatican museums are closed, you know? And we've been there one of those days and I'm like, Luckily, we weren't going here today, so we'll be mm-hmm. here extra early tomorrow. Yeah. So let's talk really quick about um, some of some of the types of content that you have on your channel. You definitely have a lot. Of, we talked about the do's and don'ts, which I really like and very much appreciate. We talked about the shocks. I've also seen um, the loves and hates of some of those places, as well as what to eat, what to wear. Um, are, are do you have a like a favorite video or a favorite type of video that you enjoy? I. <sighs> I like the culture shock ones because they're fun, but I think the one that gives the biggest bang for the buck for people to watch are those don'ts videos yeah. uh, just because it covers so many things. The, the most difficult one to actually edit are those what to eat ones because you're just sitting there like drooling. Like, <laughs> oh, I, know this. like I, have, I have a what to eat in Italy video that I just straight up refuse oh, to do. So I, I'm like, nah, yeah. no, I can't, I can't do this right now. I cannot do this right now because I'm like, I want it all. Uh, so those are, those are always fun. I think good advice to any of the students that are out there, whether they're viewers or whether they're people who are just fans of Italy, just go there and just eat. You know, there's, there, I don't really think you could do anything wrong with a food that's out there. I have never had anything bad, like yeah. even subpar. Yeah, and I think one thing you should look for if you're gonna if you're gonna go to Italy, a lot of people it, you really, the, the prima is going to prati the, the first plate, second plate, first mm-hmm. plate's the pasta, second plate's the meat. So if you order different stuff, it might come at different times. So if you're with your friends, you all want to eat the same time. Just say, hey, bring it all at the same time. Yeah. Do that. Um, and, and don't expect the insane, huge pasta portions like you do get in the U.S. No. It's a much smaller portion, but it's so good. And don't expect something like Olive Garden. Please don't. It's oh, not yeah, even, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't even, Shh. yeah. Shh. <laughs> we, we will not mention their name anymore. <laughs> um, okay, a couple of burning questions really quick. Um, right. what are, now, what are some common questions that you get from your viewers that they want to know? How do you pay for travel? How do you pay to travel so much? Did you win the lottery? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, <laughs> we make we make concerted financial decisions to save money for travel. Mm-hmm. Um, like we don't eat out a lot. Cause I'm like, wait, I could spend you know eighty dollars, a hundred dollars taking the family out to an Italian restaurant here, or I can save the hundred bucks, go to Italy, get it 
local for 50 there, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's kind of like, it, it's easier for me to save. We have a bunch of videos on saving money for travel and how to save money while you travel. Cause the things you can do to like save enough money that you can add on two or three days on your trip, you know, just by doing that. So that's the biggest ones. Like we just make the financial decisions to do that. And so that's, that's probably the biggest one. I think that's fantastic. And I think the viewers would definitely get a lot from that. Um, what are questions that you wish that they would ask? Um, I think what I wish they would ask more of is kind of like for family ones, you know, like, is it a, like, there's questions I think people want to ask, but they're too afraid to ask. Like I haven't done a lot of videos on just like traveling for the first time. So if I have a couple, like what to expect at check-in and what to expect at security and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people that it's just that first thing, like, how do I get that ticket? How do I decide where to go? You know, it's that, that first thing, that first hurdle they don't get over. Like, it's like, once you get over that first hurdle, then it's a lot easier. I mean, that's one of the things that makes me so happy. I've got uh, some people that were just there. I was just talking to them. They're like, look, we were, we're they're having their 25th wedding anniversary. Uh-huh. You know, they were going to do a cruise to Europe. They've never been, but then they started watching our videos and like, and we felt confident enough to do it on our own instead of a cruise. And thank you for giving us that confidence. I'm like, that's awesome. And, and I'm like, well, what, what else would you want to know? It's like, well, for us, it was just, we were just scared. We didn't know what we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes like, Hey, it's okay to ask what you don't know. And so like, Hey, can you help me out? So that's why, like I answer tons of questions every day on all the social media platforms. I mean, we get, I mean, 30 to 50,000 comments a month on YouTube. So I mean, I wow. can't answer all those. Cause you know, YouTube doesn't give you all of them, you know? And yeah. so, so there is that, but um, yeah, I just, any question they want to ask is one that I wish they would ask. That's awesome. And, and and being a professor, I think it's one of those things where you really embrace that yeah. that learning curve. Um, do you so global entry or mobile passport? Which one do you have? Do you have? I don't. I actually don't use either of them. I just have TSA PreCheck. Okay. I have a family I go through, so we're all, it's, there's always limitations what you can take through. I know, like, I think global entry you can take one kid with you or something like that. And so, like, you know yeah. what? I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna save the money. The TSA pre-check was totally worth it. Yeah. Um, because that we all could go through, so that was fine. But I haven't done it yet. And the mobile passport, again, I mean, I, I have people like from Australia, like, oh, we'll just take the mobile passport thing. I'm like, you got to make sure the place you're gonna go will accept, accept mobile the mobile passport. passport. Exactly. You know, it's not. You know, it's not like you just like, oh, I don't need this passport anymore. I throw it in the garbage. It's like, hey, look, I mean, Mm-mm. it's like anything. <laughs> it's like, it's like guide, guidebooks on your phone. It's great until the battery dies. You know, you're like. Or until there's like no internet connection where you're going to, or, or someone you to, steals or, your phone because oh yeah, more people would rather have your phone than they'd rather have your passport. Yeah, which so. sucks. Ugh, it's terrible. But I mean, that shouldn't deter a person from traveling. There's always going to be a little bit of risk whenever you travel, well, and it's well, there's, like, there's risk going out to McDonald's down the street. Yeah. You no, know? exactly. That's why. That's why there's a car accident. It's never 100 percent someone else's fault. Mm, good point. Currency. Um, yes. Do you tend to buy it domestically before you go on a trip or after you arrive? Okay, this is one thing I talk to people a lot. My advice, on average, the best exchange rate I get is if I use my home local bank debit card mm-hmm. at an ATM in the country I'm going to. I take the money out there, and when you go, the key thing is they'll ask you, do you want to do the conversion? Never, ever ever take the conversion. She's like, look, now you're guaranteed that that 200 euros will be $300. You're like, yeah, but you're offering me a $300. But if I look at the actual mm. rate, it's only 225. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've seen, I've seen 20 to 25% markups. And this isn't just at like the really like shady looking ATMs. It's like at 
national chain banks. So never take the conversion. Same thing if you're at a store, like, oh, we can convert that to dollars for you. Like, no, no, in euros, please. In yen, please. Thanks. Just, I mean, you want to make sure you're doing that. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I want to thank you so much for doing this interview with me. As I said, I've been, a, I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time. I think you really helped me with a lot of my travels, and I want to be oh, able to share you. that with my students as well. So for people to be able to find you on the internet, um, I yeah. think your YouTube site is probably the best place. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah youtube.com slash Walters World. You can find us Instagram.com slash Walters World. Twitter.com slash Walters World. Pinterest.com slash Walters World. WaltersWorld.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash Walters World. With an L. We're all there. And please remember, it's Walters with an S, not an apostrophe S. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> they'll I'll, find it. You'll, you'll find, find it. us. Just look for a fat guy with a beard and a, and a You'll be okay. fine. Well, thank you so much. Again, to my viewers that are out there, I really appreciate you taking the time to watch this. If you do have any questions after this, please feel free to reach me at scott at theprofessortravel.com. You can always... Um, you know, subscribe to the channel. If you like this and you want to continue to see more content like this, give it a thumbs up. If you want to be alerted to when new videos come out, absolutely uh, click the bell icon. And for those who are podcast subscribers, um, you can find me on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Make sure to find me there as well. If you have any questions, as I said, please feel free to reach out to me. But until the next time, make every day a travel adventure. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.